You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Inside Purple and Gold. All right, back with Inside Purple and Gold. Jace Frederick, Damian Zitani here breaking down the Vikings 28-24 victory today on Sunday at home over Detroit. Kirk Cousins hits K.J. Osborne on a 28-yard scoring strike with 45 seconds to play to put Minnesota's nose in front for the first time all game, and that was all they needed. Uh, if you enjoy this, if you're enjoying the season, if you're enjoying this roller coaster, uh, follow it along with us. Uh, follow, like, subscribe uh, to make sure this podcast and all of its future episodes are showing up on your favorite podcast platform as soon as they come out. Dane, okay, we've uh, fairly, I think, bashed the offense um, even after it put up 28 points. And like, look, I think the fact they can put up 28 points in a game where it doesn't look great is kind of another indication of like, yeah, there's a lot of talent here and there are playmakers and there are guys who can figure it out uh, so that when the engine does get going, if Kevin O'Connell can figure that out, it could look as good as we thought it could before the season. Just not there yet. I can't say the same for the defense. I think this is kind of what we're looking at. Um, look, you can point out, okay, the defense made the stops at the end when they had to. I, I really think Detroit gets to like 35 points if Amandre St. Brown doesn't hurt his ankle, if DeAndre Swift doesn't ha- have to come out of the game with an injury as well. Like, I get that happens. Dalvin Cook left the game for Minnesota, but um, yeah, like Josh Reynolds left the game uh, after colliding with a teammate. Like, a lot of different things that kind of came up Minnesota's defensive way, but this unit is just there's nothing where you can point at them and say, well, they do this really well. Like, they take this away. I don't think that about anything like Detroit got what it wanted in the running game for a lot of the game. Jared Goff looked very comfortable in the pocket. I don't know where Daniel Hunter is. If he's, I mean, like he's on the field, but not making any type of impact whatsoever. The one time he almost got home was when he was on TJ Hawkinson. Uh, he did beat him and almost get home. And I think Hawkinson committed a hold that wasn't called, but Daniel Hunter is losing to every tackle. I get it. This is a good offensive line, but the Vikings defensive line is generating no rush. The secondary is not anything to be feared. Uh, so they made the plays at the end when they had to, and that was all we said at the beginning of the season. Just do that. Uh, but that is it right now, and I think calling this like a mid-tier defense would probably be generous. Yeah, I think so. I think they're below average. Um, no sacks today against Detroit. No pressures. I mean, I can't think of times where they even like where Jared Goff. Had, I mean, he scrambled around a little bit, but like it was never like, oh, he just got that one away. There was a funny quote after week one, um, after the Vikings dominated the Packers in the season opener, um, our colleague, Chris Thomason went up and talked to Harrison Phillips, uh, nose tackle, starting nose tackle for the Vikings. Um, probably not someone everyone knows about just cause he kind of flies under the radar. Pretty good player. Uh, the quote was, and, and our colleague, Chris Thomason is, is great at getting these quotes from guys, but I can't wait to have 10 sacks in the game this year. <laughs> the Vikings are not going to have 10 mm-hmm. sacks in the game this year. Yes, of course. <laughs> I'm not sure the Vikings will have 10 sacks in a month this year. Um, no, the pass rush, which we said all off season, all training camp, 
could be something that band-aided a, a porous defense. Doesn't look like it's going to be that band-aid. It looks like it's going to be pretty mediocre. Um, so Darius Smith, pretty good for the first couple weeks of the season, first few weeks of the season. Jenny Hunter, as you mentioned, maybe just not the same player he was. Um, maybe that pass rush will pick up at some point, but at, at, at this point, we like there's no indication that tells us it's going to be a dominant unit, um, even above average unit. There's going to be weeks where Zedarius Smith just wins, and there's going to be weeks where Daniel Hunter probably figures it out and just wins. Um, but I don't think this is something we're looking at like, oh, wow, like this is one of the best pass rushing duos in the league. Um, I think that ship has sailed. Um, and then you kind of go out from the defense from there. Like the secondary is bad. Um, they give up uh, almost hundred yards to Josh Reynolds. They would have given up guaranteed hundred yards to Amon St. Brown if he didn't get hurt. Um, Eric Kendricks and Josh or you know, Jordan Hicks had a lot of tackles, um, but that's I think, because I think they both played well too. I mean, like they were pretty good in coverage and whatnot. Like I think they had good games and that would be the highlight for me. Yeah, but your high tackles um, at, at the second level are normally yeah. because you're not getting a big push up front. Right. Um, uh, you know, Josh Metellus, he had he, he played pretty well, I, I thought. Like, um, Lewis Seen, I mean, we'll talk more about him um, in next week's episode or, you know, on Tuesday's episode. Yeah. But, like, he, something's something's going on there. That that dude is uh, is behind schedule um, when Josh Metellus is taking Harrison Smith's reps and not your first-round pick rookie. Um but Josh Metellus, you mentioned the stops down the stretch. The Vikings obviously got a great push on that fourth and one. And Josh Metellus got a, you know, the, the, the heave from Jared Goff. Josh Metellus was underneath that interception. He makes the play, uh, effectively ends the game. Um, so while we will bash on the, the defense, they did make the plays that they thought, you know, that they needed to make in, in those big situations. Who knows if that's something that they, they can continue to do moving forward. Uh, you just don't leave this game feeling confident about the defense. Um, you can walk away saying, all right, they, they did what they needed to do when they needed to do it. Um, I'm not sure you walk away feeling like, all right, they're always going to need do what they need to do when we need them to do it. Um, Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Crying baby at the airport. Um, yeah, and to like Hunter and Smith, like they were pretty non-existent in the pass rush. I will say like it was the fourth quarter when the Vikings hadn't needed big run stops. Like it was Hunter on the fourth and one with Jamal Williams. Uh, Zadarius Smith was very active in the run defense there as well. So like, these are still like good players and uh, it might very well be frankly that like they just happened to face two really good offensive lines. Like the Lions have a very good offensive line, still not at full strength, but very good. Even as currently constructed, now, the Eagles have a very good offensive line. These are like both top five units. So maybe that's kind of what makes Minnesota look, you know, very much like average to below average on that defensive front. They might be better than that. Uh, but you would just hope that they would get home twice, you know, in a game like this, make a couple plays that like at least forces Jared Goff into an interception or or brings him down to end a drive. And they just didn't. And I didn't feel like Hunter was close. I didn't feel like he was a step away at any point. Um, so there are concerns there. And the secondary, look, I get it. Um, I see this on Twitter all the time. Fans are like, 
what is this game plan? Like this umbrella coverage, keep everything in front of you, making life really easy for your Jalen Hurts, your Jared Goffs. Just telling you, it's because there's no faith in the secondary and the guys they have back there. Um, you just looked at today, there was a ball that Jared Goff threw up. And Josh Reynolds seemed to lose the ball in the ceiling, um, you know, with the light shining through there. Josh Reynolds had beaten Patrick Peterson by like two yards. Uh, and then the ball landed like five yards away from Josh Reynolds, who had stopped running because I think he thought the ball wasn't coming because he couldn't see a ball anyway. Uh, but that's what happens. Like we've seen Patrick Peterson get beat a lot. Patrick Peterson looks like a good zone coverage corner at this point in his career. I'm not a man to man guy. There's a couple different guys like that in the secondary. They're very, I don't think you trust them to really hold down anybody one-on-one and not get beat for a big play. So I think that's what they're going to stick with. They're like, okay, our offense is pretty good. Hopefully our pass rush gets home more often than not. Um, We have good linebackers, so like we'll just rally and tackle. Um, I think that's going to be the plan. I think that's what they truly believe is the best path forward for this defense. It's not going to be a top 10 unit, but they're like, maybe we can only give up 24 and still win that way. Like, I, I really think they see it playing out like it played out today, frankly. Yeah, I think like Patrick Peterson is, he's just, he's just not what he used to be. And that's fine. But like, that was, this is on the Vikings for, for, running it back this year and not going to go find another competent corner. Um, Patrick Peterson can still do some things very well on the football field. Um, but if you're asking him to be your number one shutdown corner, that's, you're just asking him to do too much. Um, and he's a really proud guy. He's like, obviously, you know, one of the, the premier cornerbacks of our generation or of that generation um, when he, when he was in his prime, but he's not, he's not that anymore. He's, he's, he's way past his prime. And, that's not like his fault. He's he's getting old. He's going to retire soon. Uh, but the Vikings have asked him he to said, be their number. The broadcast one. they asked him how much more do you want to play, and he said like four more years is his goal because he's always thought of the sixteen year mark. Okay, well maybe <laughs> he can play a uh, special teams or something. Be like the the designated punt blocker or the field yeah, goal blocker because right, he was, right. he looked really athletic there. Um, but it, it's just like. You, we knew this, we, right? We, we knew, we knew this about the secondary. Like Patrick Peterson's up there in age. Is he going to be what he was? Cam Denzler, as, as much as he grades out well in, in, on certain websites, um, you know, you watch him play and he doesn't follow the technique that the coaches want him to do all the time. Yeah, he's a great tackler and run coverage, but he, he gets beat a lot. Um, for the record, we, we talked to Ed Donatel last week. That that coverage bust against the Eagles, long touchdown, that was on Cam Cam Denzler. Right. Um, dancer was supposed to carry that up the field. So it's these things like this. Um, and you, like, you're right. Like the reason you're in shell coverage is because you don't believe that your corners can win one-on-one. You don't trust your safeties to win, um, you know, at that, that second level. Why would you, why would you trust them? Like they, they've shown who they are through, through three weeks of the season. Uh, and I don't think they're just going to flip a switch and be great all of a sudden. Um, Caleb Evans is going to start getting a lot of time. And, and, and while he's shown flashes that, that should, speaks to your lack of depth. When uh, your fourth round rookie out of Mizzou, uh, Caleb Evans is going to probably be one of your main rotational cornerbacks uh, moving up here. Um, we'd like to see Andrew Booth. I, I'm curious about what he can do, but at, at, at this point, I think you're worried about injuries with him. I think he's had three different ones since being drafted. And, and this is a guy when he was drafted said he's never been healthy since high school. So I think injuries are going to be an issue there. The secondary is just, it is what it is. Um, not very good. Yeah, um, I agree. And you know, that's, that's almost like, okay, well they figured out a way to only give up 24 points to an offense that, 
Well, it got banged up today um, and looked like they were on pace for much more uh, scoring 14 pretty early. Like they found a way uh, to make stops, make adjustments. They did kind of find a way to do that against Philly too. And I think like we talked about last week, how like Philly kind of stepped on itself. And I think Detroit stepped on itself at certain points today too. That's the whole point, right? Like that's the reason why you keep everything in front of you is that you make teams execute again and again and again. 10 times to score on you. Like that's the whole reason why you do that. So we can say, okay, what are you doing? Get more, get up there, get more aggressive. Like you didn't stop that drive until they committed a penalty. It's like, that's the whole point um, is that it's hard to consistently put together successful play, successful play, successful play. We don't think we have the personnel to go challenge you. So what we're going to do instead is make you come out and beat us time and again. And can you do that five times, uh, five drives in a game? A lot of times the answer will be no. Um, and so I guess maybe that this is the best strategy going forward. I do think like this week I want to talk about, okay, we don't think this team is great right now in Minnesota. We certainly don't. Um, but maybe areas where they can improve, like the path forward to become a better team because they are still two and one, right? Uh, they are still in a decent position where if they figure things out, uh, there could be a lot ahead of this team. But I think there's a long way to go. But I want to wrap with this. Like, tell me if you agree. I think Minnesota is like super similar to Detroit right now. Minnesota figured it out, but you look at where these two teams are. And I think it's for the Detroit perspective, they're disappointed today, but right now Detroit looks like a team that's ascending. Minnesota looks like a team that's holding on and they are like crossing paths right now. And Minnesota proved to be one nose ahead. Um, but I got to think that Minnesota would hoped at the beginning of the season that they would be far superior to the, I guess right now, third best team in the NFC North. Yeah, especially when you do what you did to Detroit or Green Bay Packers in week one. I think you think you're miles ahead of the Detroit Lions, and you're not. And the Detroit Lions deserve some credit. They've taken steps forward as a as a franchise. They're not this walkover team they once were. Um, they're still the Lions at the end of the day. Um, but this is it's it's very close right now. And I think that speaks to the Vikings just as much as it does the Lions. Like the team is just kind of average um i think they're just they're, they're a team that's going to it's getting loud in the airport chase um they're, they're a team that's just going to be i think flirting with that playoff cut line i don't think I, I, they, I think they still are a playoff team i think that's still within their reach um but i don't think you look at this team and think wow they can make a run um i don't think we felt like that at any point in the off season and i certainly don't feel like that now a month into the regular season yeah, I agree with you. A lot to break down with this team. I think we'll get into that on Tuesday. Where can they go? Biggest concerns right now, how the course can be corrected to, you know, not necessarily improving the win column. Like we said, two and one, if you looked at the first three games on the schedule, you'd say, yep, that's good. Uh, that might be as probably ahead of where some people would have put them with those Green Bay and Philly games on the schedule. But it's the way they're getting there. Maybe isn't the most convincing. There's a lot of room to grow. We'll look at those as we move into this next week here as the Vikings head into that London game against the Saints team that looks really bad these last couple of weeks since James Winston had those back fractures um, suffered in that week one victory. That's a Saints team in rough shape right now. So maybe Minnesota can get to three and one. Um, and then you look at Chicago and now it's like four and one. There's there's a lot of potential wins on this schedule. But exactly what it means kind of depends on where this team becomes. Um, so we'll get into that as we move forward here in the week. Um, for now, though, the Vikings do get the win. They pull it out. Uh, player of the game, quick. Um, I think I'm going to go with K.J. Osborne. K.J. Osborne, definitely. Yeah, not a lot of standouts from this game. Dalvin Cook had a good game, but then, uh, you know, he loses the fumble and gets hurt. 
later on in that play. So maybe takes himself out of the equation on that one. Uh, but KJ Osborne comes through when he needs it. Maybe he shows Kevin O'Connell and Kirk Cousins like, hey, don't forget about me. I'm a playmaker too. Uh, for Damien Zutani, I'm Jace Frederick. This has been Inside Purple and Gold. We'll be back Tuesday. Thanks so much for listening. Goodbye.